Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Military museums here in Calgary, just off Crowchild. And now with the whole intersection change up on Flanders Avenue, just to take your time uh, finding your way on the new intersection. But yeah, it is so impressive. It is a gem here in Calgary. If you have any interest in our war history, you definitely want to come to the military museums. Tonight at 7 o'clock, unfortunately it's already sold out because it's going to be a very popular topic, Dr. John Scott Cowan. He is Principal Emeritus, the Royal Canadian Military College of Canada, and he is going to be speaking tonight. He joins us right now. John, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Tonight you're going to be talking about, well, the Great War, but more specifically, the victory at Hill 70. Remind my listeners what Hill 70 was all about in that Great War. Well, Hill 70 was a major Canadian battle in the First World War. It took place in August of 1917. Uh, In the period right after the Great War, Canadians knew as much about Hill 70 as they did about Vimy. They were viewed as kind of equal and crucial seminal events. And the decision taken to build a single Canadian great and highly evocative memorial at Vimy uh, and Vimy is important. Vimy was the first occasion in which all four divisions of the Canadian Corps fought together. Um, but by placing the monument there, over time, the memory of other events faded. Mm-hmm. Now, Hill 70, which was a few months later, just over four months later, is significant for three reasons. First, a little while after Hill 70 on the 9th of June 1917, Julian Bing, the British officer who commanded the Canadian Corps, was promoted and got the British Third Army. And a Canadian, Sir Arthur Currie, was promoted to Lieutenant General and given command of the Canadian Corps. So for the first time, the Canadians are under the command of Canadian. And a month after that, being attached to the British First Army, the Canadian Corps receives orders on the 7th of July to attack the gritty little industrial city of Lens, which was a, a communication and a, and a coal mining center. And Curry had concluded that that was actually unsafe. He'd done his own reconnaissance. General officers in the Canadian Corps frequently did. Uh, frequently British general officers did not. Bit of a class thing. Yeah. And he felt that the main risk was the domination of the whole terrain in the area, of the whole Douai Plain, because of the high ground to the northwest of Laws, later known as Hill 70. And he petitioned and cajoled to be allowed instead to attack Hill 70. And he was given that permission. And in August, he did attack Hill 70, uh, fierce battle, difficult battle, and held it against 21 sustained German counterattacks. And uh, the Canadian losses were substantial, 3,500 casualties in the original battle, and then another roughly 2,300 holding it against the counterattacks. But the German losses were truly disturbing. In fact, nobody really knows today what the total was. German historians can't agree on it. 
it may have been well over 20,000, and some five German divisions were completely gutted, ceased virtually to exist as coherent formations, and uh, were then not available to the German army at Passchendaele. So as bad as Passchendaele was that fall, how much worse would it have been if the Germans had had five more divisions? Right. And um, the, the next important thing about the story is really that because Curry had pressed to get his orders changed and had been successful, the result was that the Canadians were viewed differently and Curry was viewed differently. And from that point forward, you can trace ways in which the Canadian Corps was treated as an allied army, as simply as opposed to simply augmentation for the British Army. And so over the ensuing period of time till the end of the war, and particularly in the Hundred Days, you saw the evolution of differentiation and a, the distinct development of a Canadian way of war. And a Canadian way of war could have been characterized as, first of all, as early adopters of the new technologies that were coming out, um, a huge emphasis on avoiding unnecessary casualties, probably more so than other allies, and a huge emphasis on the use of artillery to save lives. In fact, Curry's slogan was, pay the price of victory in shells, not men. Hmm. So, uh, in a sense, Hill 70 is not only a Canadian success, but it's an important way station on the way to Canadian independence. And it's the only First World War battle that's a Canadian battle honour and not a British battle honour as well. Why don't we know more about it? Why do we know so much about Vimy, but we don't know about the victory of Hill 70? Well, it's because that wonderful and hugely evocative monument was built yeah, at Vimy. It really took away. Uh, now, uh, the Hill 70 Memorial Project has recently finished erecting a, a wonderful monument on the site of Hill 70. Um, uh, the chair of that project was Mark Hutchings. I was the vice chair and the director of research for it, and we were hugely happy to get it done with enormous cooperation, I must say, from the French government. Not a nickel of Canadian government funding, by the way. We did it all privately. And, in fact, a lot of the support came from Calgary. That is great to know. Um, Hill 70, the victory at Hill 70, and actually John's talk tonight, I know it's sold out, but it is the victory at Hill 70 uh, in context from colony to ally. John, thanks so much for sharing the story with us. My pleasure. Dr. John Scott Cowan, he's a principal emeritus of the Royal Canadian Military College of Canada, and it is 417.